This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. For the first time since 2015, the St. Louis Cardinals are hosting a playoff game here at Bush Stadium. Welcome, everyone. Tom Ackerman with you as we kick off hours of coverage leading up to our 310 start. The Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves at 310. Adam Wainwright against Mike Soroka. What a matchup that is with Rick Hummel, the Hall of Fame writer, asking Wainwright yesterday. We'll hear it a little bit later on the show. Is this the first time that you've pitched against someone that could be your son? Wainwright is uh, in his late 30s and Soroka in his early 20s. So I guess Wainwright said it is possible. I hadn't thought about that, Kamish. What a great time it is here at Bush Stadium. The place is empty and quiet and peaceful right now. But later today, it will be emotionally charged, and the Cardinals are ready for you. That's for sure. Here is Colton Wong. Super confident. I mean, you know, I mean, Wayno is battle-tested. He's been there. He's been in the biggest games that you can possibly be in. So, you know, to have him in there, you know, we know he's going to be ready, and uh, we're excited to have him out there. Here's Paul DeYoung. We're confident to have Wayno going. Uh, Extreme postseason experience. We're going to rely on his veteran presence out there, and, you know, we're confident going home. We're going to be happy to get back to St. Louis, play in front of a you know, home St. Louis postseason crowd. With more on today's activity, here's Joe Potts. With the National League Division Series tied at one and the series shifting to St. Louis, both Game 3 starters, Mike Soroka and Adam Wainwright, addressed the media. Mike Soroka talked about what made the St. Louis lineup tough. They're strong. I mean, everybody knows that. Uh, they got some guys that have done some damage for a lot of years. Um, you know, you talking to Dallas and, and Mike about how they navigated the lineup and, and picking your spots to uh, to which battles you want to get into and, and where you don't want to get hurt. Adam Wainwright was asked what he liked about pitching in front of his home fans. We play good ball here all year, I feel like, and the uh, crowd, like you said, will be rocking. We know they'll, they'll, they'll show up in droves and be tailgating all morning long. I, know, I just know it. You know, they'll be here and waving some sort of towel or something, making it cool looking. We got good weather here. It's not 106 out there. But it's good to be back home and uh, playing in front of a, an atmosphere that is very comfortable for us, is home for us, and, and uh, we respond well here. First pitch is 310. Thank you, Joe. And the Cardinals will be ready to go today with a lineup. You'd anticipate that it will be Matt Carpenter and Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, has already said as much playing in this game at third base with Tommy Edmonds shifting out to right field. That would be the anticipated starting lineup with Harrison Bader struggling a little bit. and He didn't face any fastballs. I mean, the Braves know that he's not 
great against the breaking ball, and they've been throwing him a bunch of breaking balls. And that's basically what's happening. So with Colton Wong healthy, Edmund moves to right, Fowler to center, Carpenter to third. We'll get that official lineup out, and Mike Schild is going to address the media here at 11.15 this morning. But let's go straight to him. This is Mike Schilt talking yesterday here at Bush Stadium prior to Game 3. I'm not sure. Well, if uh, Probably by rotation with yeah, you. Yeah, if, if does it depend on whether Hudson pitches at all tomorrow that he would pitch Game 4? Have you decided that? Yeah. Oh, I think Dakota will be our Game 4 guy. I mean, there's, you never say never, but I don't think we're going to compromise our Game 4. We've got plenty of pitching. Yeah, this is Mike Schilt's press conference from yesterday here at Bush Stadium. We've all heard the story from Adam's perspective in the front office about how they worked out the deal. What role, if any, did you play in that, either in uh, advising Adam, telling him where he might fit, or lobbying for him to come back? Um, just I remember being towards the end last year in Chicago, and um, of course we were in the race, so we were putting our attention towards that, and then the last day we weren't officially and um just talking to him about what that looked like and um asked me anything to say to the group but i said with the caveat that i'm asking you if it's something you'd like to say or um but it's not something i want you to say because i'd love to have you back and i was very encouraging about wanting him to come back but also very uh clear about respecting his wishes um but i did know at that point in time he had um, a lot of optimism based on how he finished last year and how he felt. And I know how much competitive spirit he has and love for the uh, organization and a love pitching. So I was really optimistic he'd come back. And, of course, I, uh, anytime you get a chance to have Adam Wayne on your team, you want to encourage the front office for that. But that's all that was. Like, we'd love to have him back. If he's healthy, he'd be a great asset uh, on and off the field. It's worked out wonderful. Did you take care of the and talk to the team? Um, not really. A little bit of indicator. Yeah, where his head was at. Um, a lot of people talk about uh, the comforts of home, playing baseball at home. Uh, but what are some actual reasons playing a home game here benefits your ball club? Uh, well, I mean, look, we got. You can argue who the best fans in baseball are. Um, if you argue with us, you know, you'd have a pretty, okay. pretty strong one. Um, we've got a, a, a clear advantage in how we're supported here. Um, we have a beautiful ballpark. And then, you know, just the comforts of, you know, your own bed and just being at home and, and, and just knowing where everything is and, and the routine and all that. So um, but I think primarily it's just the fact that we love playing in our park and we have such great fans that are know we're going to be there and support us. And uh, since I'm holding the microphone, yeah. um, <coughs> Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, this could this could be a question from a 2006 press conference, but it's a question. That's from right. The, isn't that cool? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, can you just describe them working together? I know it's not the first time you've talked about this topic, but them working together, just how special it is, and how they kind of make each other better. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're um, individually elite players, um, storied Cardinal players. And um, adding to their stories, that's one thing I appreciate about them both individually, um, that they um, have this wonderful, rich tradition and, and um, accomplishment in this organization, both of them. Um, but they're hungry for more and expect more and want more and are, and are um, ready for more. Um, and then you combine that, and, I mean, that's, that's just such a I mean, magic, right? You know, a few things are magical. Yeah. 
um, but when they are, they're um, they're just that. They're they're amazing. So when you see those two together, and and you see how they come together in such elite competitors and such a kinship, and then they're both really high character people. I mean, you know, speaking to Yachty, rightfully winning winning the Roberto Clemente Award last year. Um, Wayno nominated from our team this year, and um, you know, again, a lot of competitive guys that have done a great job on the, off the field, but it'd be hard to see if there's somebody better than what Wayno has been able to contribute. So you're talking about just on and off the field, just elite guys and working together, and it's it's just so much fun to watch them compete together and how they do it, and just the um, the synchronicity to it. Sometimes I'll just step back and just enjoy watching them be together. It's fun. I'll look forward to more. Speaking of being uh, hungry and competitive, talking about Adam Wainwright, did he say <clears throat> anything after his most recent start against the Cubs and how he was eager to get back out and prove himself? Yeah, he's um, he doesn't need to say a whole lot. You just know that about Adam. I mean, you know, he's a ferocious competitor. And anytime a competitor has any kind of setback or uh, competes in a manner that they think they could do better, they're chomping at the bit to get back out there. So I'm excited to let Adam uh, go and lease some of that drive back over tomorrow against Atlanta. Again, this is Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager, yesterday before game three. Jack had to fight through some traffic and had to run and get scratched across him. Do you think Adam, with that experience and that sort of innate calm that he has in a postseason environment, can help settle that down and get things off the way you want them to be tomorrow? Um, yeah, like you say, both those runs were scratched, to Atlanta's credit. Um, you know, Miles with a back-to-back walk. Of course, the first one's erased on Yachty throwing out Acuna. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you think about sometimes it feels like it's the hardest thing to do to score a run, and sometimes, you know, so a guy gets on and um, gets a second and a ground ball single or, you know, next thing you know, he's got to run. So um, I'm comfortable with all our guys, but I, I know Adam will be in the moment and give us our best chance to compete. So um, I'm sure he'll be ready to go from the very beginning. Question about Miles Michaelis in the bullpen. Miles can be an option out of the bullpen. I wouldn't say that'd be unrealistic. Mike, building on Benjamin's question about Wayno and and Yachty, um, Adam was speaking earlier this week about kind of the symbiotic nature of their relationship in between the white lines, the chemistry and the trust and, mm-hmm. and the battery that they've built over so many years. Can you can you speak to that um, and just the way that they work together and just how long it, it takes to build kind of what, what they have. Yeah, I should know the number. I know it's in the 200s, Brian. How many starts they've had together? Yeah. 265. I mean, I mean, just think about that. You know, I mean, that's a... <laughs> um, if you think a typical starter is going to get, you know, 30 to 32 starts on course of a year staying healthy, you know, I'm no math major, but that's a lot of years um, of consecutive times they've been together. I mean, it's years. Um and you know, legitimately historic. Um, so I just they're they're both so daggone smart, you know. And and to have them synced up, it's really a huge advantage. I mean, Adams' pitches are his advantage too. He's got good pitches. You know, the breaking ball's been good again this year. He's been able to command his fastball. Um, his cutter's been been effective pitch for him. But just to see, you know, Yachty's super creative. Sees the game, understands the game, thinks the game. And Wayno's the same way, you know, very meticulous in his game planning, can be very creative, both can think on the fly. Um, so seeing and having that kind of wisdom and that experience together, pretty special. 
Mike, uh, I know there are a lot of factors that go into choosing your starting pitcher, but with some of it with Adam uh, tomorrow, it being game three, postseason, pit, postseason back in St. Louis, all the introductions happen again. Um, kind of the atmosphere is a little bit more electric being back here for game three. Yeah, you know, I've thought about that quite a bit because um, it's a fair question, Annie, and that is, um, you know, when and why do you pitch guys? You know, why does it, what does it make sense? And at every turn, there's a, there's a, there's a reason for it. You know, for in this case, you know, being back at home and the pageantry to, to first postseason game in, in several years. And I don't think the absence will, would really matter with the fan base that we have it'll still be exciting. Um, opening ceremonies, that kind of thing. It's also a rubber match game. There's a factor to that, too. And you think about it. But candidly, you know, looking at the first game and we thought, you know, that's a that's a big game as well. You know, game two, if you're down one, it's a big game. You're up one, it's a big game. Game three, rubber game. Game four, elimination game. You know, so they're all big games. But um, I think it's appropriate that Adam starts the um, our home playoff game in a, in a deadlock series. Um, can you describe – we know Yadier Molina's importance behind the plate. Mm -hmm. Both games he's eliminated and out. 27 to 26, mm -hmm. having to get because Yadi took care of business. Uh, can I guess the question would be, can you describe the weapon that is Yadier's brain? Yeah, well, it's his brain and it's his talent, right? It's a, it's a, um, it's a special combination. I'll never minimize any major league player's ability, um, but what makes guys um, consistently elite, my opinion, clearly. Um, is Yachty's skill sets. So you just think about how you've been able to stay and maintain high-level performance at the highest level and everything that goes into that. Um, and you're talking about, first and foremost, your physical ability, um, and then him able to hone his craft of that physical ability. Um, you know, he's always obviously been a really good defensive player, um, but there's also layers to that defense, what that looks like, how to call a game, how to work with pitchers, how to see and, and game plan. Um, obviously, he's he's developed quite a bit as a hitter and become a very, very, very accomplished um, offensive player. Um, he's a good base runner. But then, you know, he's, he's been able to stay in shape, you know, physically to allow him to, to continue to play. I saw an, um, a clip of an interview with uh, Jim Hayes after a game. He said, you know, you're – you're, you're like you're ageless, you know, and people want to put age on guys. And I appreciate the fact Yachty hadn't done that to himself. He's got a mindset of being able to play. He said he feels like 27. He looks like he's playing like he's 27. Um, so, and then, you know, there's adjustments to the league. The league always is going to try to figure out a way to, to adjust to you and him be able to stay and be smart with that. And then specific more to his defense, um, you know, the fact you mentioned about taking an out off the board. Um, he's taken a lot of outs off the board that, that you don't see on um, somebody throwing, being thrown out. He takes outs off the board on how he's calling a game, how he's seeing the game, um, how he's setting up hitters. Um, but then also if you think about, and one thing that hasn't been talked about a whole lot, which is just not a sexy category, I get it, um, we just don't allow a lot of stolen bases. And um, we don't allow a lot of attempts, and we don't allow a lot of successes. And that also, you know, I know this question about Yachty, but that's some credit to Weedy and Kiz, too. They did a nice job when they've been able to be in there, but specifically to Yachty, who carries the, carries the mail for us. Um, 
And our pitchers. Pitchers done a nice job. No neural tells, holds, picks, timing, mixing their timing. But, you know, Yachty's a big part of why people don't run, um, which dovetails into the fact that, you know, we're, we have the best conversion rate of double plays. So, you know, you run, he can throw you out. You don't run, stays, keeps the double play in order. Um, and that's why, and, and I can say this, and you can, you know, there's no real clarity to how this can be determined, but when you talk about most valuable player and, the, and what that means in total, now clearly it's, an, it's more of an offensive award, and we understand that, but if you look at that in total about the value of a player during the course of a game and how they impact a game, I'm not trading this guy for value. Mike Schilt talking to the media before game three. Without asking you to give anything away that you can't, um, what kind of challenge does Soroka present for you guys tomorrow? Obviously, he's a young guy. The league doesn't have that much experience with mm-hmm. him, but he had a really, really good season. Yeah, good season. Um, did a nice job. You know, we, we, we know what we're going to get. I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises about what we're going to get from, from Soroka. It's just a matter of whether we can, um, we can do what we expect to do. And, um, you know, I'll kind of leave it at that. We'll have a game plan. It won't be overly complex, but we'll have it. And, and um, But he's no different than Fulton Evich or, or um, Keuchel or anybody we face. You know, we, we're going to have a game plan. It's just about how we, we execute it. Does the, uh, does the matchup possibly invite the possibility of Matt Carpenter being in the it starting does. lineup? It does, absolutely. Could you elaborate on what goes into that thinking then? Because obviously you might give a little to get a little. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest factor to that is, um, you know, this guy's down. He's in Matt's swing playing. Um, he's tougher on righties. You know, he's a high ground ball guy. Matt doesn't play on the ground a whole lot. So it's, it's a good matchup for Matt. I would expect you to see him in there tomorrow. How do you feel yesterday when a play you practiced a number of times in spring training, you actually pull off that back pick play on the, on the big stage when you're um, I uh, Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to, in that environment to get outside yourself and appreciate just a good baseball play. Um, but we do that a lot. It's one of the reasons we're here. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, it's not a, something that we have worked on. We did our bunt plays the other day um, just to make sure we ran through them and everybody was on with their spacing and timing. Um, that's not a play we've really worked on over the last, you know, six months quite cannily, but it's a play that speaks well of the high baseball IQ of the players. And, you know, we knew kind of what was going on in that situation. And, and um, you know, Key to it again, Yachty makes a good throw to Colton, gives him a good clean feed. Colton cut his radar up and then took his time, recognized where the guys, because the runner at first is, is, you know, he's trying to get in some kind of rundown. So you've already got him in a rundown. And Colton was under control, kept his head on a swivel, looked over and made the right throw over to, to get Donaldson. So, um, you know, you always appreciate, um, which happens frequently with this team, just the nuances of things and how they're done well. It's just good baseball. 
There's Mike Schilt talking to the media yesterday before Game 3. Normally, I wouldn't play an entire press conference, but that was too good. All the great stuff. They went about 10 minutes on just Adam Wainwright and a little bit on Yadier Molina, but the two of them and the history between the two. Folks, they have a chance. Tom Ackerman, by the way, coming to you from Bush Stadium here live on Sunday morning. They have a chance to go to a World Series and win a World Series, a third world championship together. Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Going back to 2006. So here we are in 2019, and the two are working together today. This is your witnessing history. Two of the all-time great Cardinals working a playoff game 13 years after they recorded the final out in 2006 when Adam Wainwright was a closer. But also consider this. Wainwright going for his third World Series ring, but he has not been able to be out as a starter and win a world championship. Remember in 06, he was a closer and a great one as a rookie. In 2011, he was recovering from Tommy John surgery and won that world championship as a big part of the bench, rallying the team as he sat out the entire year. You think he's not hungry? He is unbelievably motivated, and this team is rallying around those two. The imprint of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright is all over this team. And any player that you ask, I had an interview with Marcelo Zuna before game one down in Atlanta, and he mentioned Molina and Wainwright. They all do. They want to win this not only for themselves, but for those two individuals. And today, they will work the game starting at 310 here on KMOX. It's an extremely exciting day for anybody connected with the Cardinals. Certainly you, the listener, and certainly for that man, manager Mike Schilt, who has joined us at this time throughout the season on KMOX on Sports on a Sunday morning. And right now, he is just down the hall Working hard, getting ready for today's Game 3. We'll take a quick break. Rick Horton is right around the corner. He's going to join me here in studio at Bush Stadium Live. We're going to talk about all the things we just heard and get his thoughts on some of the key moments upcoming for this team, what they must do to win this Game 3 and this series. We also have Adam Wainwright waiting. We'll hear from him and a whole bunch coming in the 11 o'clock hour, including John Mosellock. Barry Odom, the Mizzou football coach, will be in his usual 11-15 slot. We have press conferences happening happening right and left here at Bush Stadium. We're going to carry some of those live. We'll bring you those in a timely fashion as they happen. And at 1 o'clock, we'll have a pregame show leading into a network pregame at 2 o'clock and the first pitch at 310. So just keep it right here. There's no reason to go anywhere else but right here for your coverage of Game 3 of the National League Division Series. Tom Ackerman coming to you just steps from home plate here at Bush Stadium in our downstairs studio. Just watch the Braves walk into the building. They are here. Just walk by our window. They're ready for Game 3. You would think of feeling pretty good about themselves having won Game 2, but knowing they have a big challenge ahead of them, the crowd at Bush Stadium will be bearing down on them. There's no doubt about that. Back in a moment on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you from Bush Stadium. Hey, let's jump over to Joe Pott talking to Cardinals right fielder today, Tommy Edmond. Joe Pott with Tommy Edmond, and uh, Tommy, uh, has the postseason kind of lived up to your expectations so far? Yeah, those first few games at Atlanta were pretty wild. Um, definitely a 
very crazy environment and just excited to see what the next couple of days brings back here at Bush. Have you thought about that, what it's going to be like coming home? And it's almost, uh, you know, with the game three, it's almost like a game one over again. You know, all the lineups and the anthem and all that cool stuff. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's def- I'm definitely excited for that. We kind of got a little sneak preview during that last series against the Cubs, but I'm sure it's just going to be another notch higher. When you get into the game, first pitch flies, obviously it's another baseball game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. I think once uh, once all the pregame stuff is over and you step out on the field and the first pitch happens, I think it's just, just like any other game. Is there any, uh, you know, can you still feel that it's ramped up a little bit or is it just, hey, big crowd, you know, fun atmosphere? Yeah, it's, it's more of just a big crowd and just a little bit louder. I think, uh, I mean, one of the main uh, differences is that uh, – communication on defense so you have to be a little bit more vocal and making sure everyone's uh locked in and uh you got all your situational stuff taken care of and i know one of the big things is uh like pop-up like pop-up communication because sometimes it's so loud you can't even hear the other person so it's more of like the the visual cues i guess before the series how much did you lean on uh you know some of the guys that have been here some of the older guys uh asking them questions kind of talking about what to expect um, I mean, not too much. I mean, any, any, I feel like any of the older guys would kind of just tell you to not make the situation any bigger than just any normal game. And um, I think that's kind of just the general vibe of our team right now, just try to treat it, treat it like the way we've been playing all year. I have to imagine that coming back here for game three, you know, expectations going to Atlanta obviously is, is, is split that, that those two games, come back here and, and, and see where, you know, kind of where the chips fall. Yeah, I mean, obviously we would have liked to have won both games there, and uh, Jack gave us a great chance to win yesterday. We, our offense just didn't produce, and but I mean, obviously we're happy come, having come away with at least one win, and um, if we can finish off the series here, that'd be great. Tommy, thanks for the time. Of course, thanks, Joe. All right, Joe Pod with Tommy Edmond. We certainly appreciate that, and uh, Edmond has been a real engine for this team, no question about it. Joining us is our engine, and that is. Rick Horton, he joins us on KMOX. He'll be part of the broadcast crew today. The call with Mike Shannon and John Rooney. And it's great to have you here in this great being at Bush oh, Stadium. Oh, my goodness. It, I mean, it's great. And it's also great that it's, uh, what, mid-60s right now. And it actually uh, really does feel like October baseball now. It's just got that feel uh, today. And and hopefully uh, that translates to one of those great Cardinal memories that we have uh, have uh, so many of over the years of, of October uh, greatness and uh, let's hope we see some of that from Adam Wainwright. I mean, I woke up this morning excited, but walking in this building and walking out to the field today, I just felt that. Do you do you get the memories of when you played? Oh, I, I still do. And it's funny, the guys that are down on the field, uh, that they're on the field all the time, when former players go down on the field and you stand there and you just kind of have that wide-eyed look, and, and it doesn't matter who you are, you still get that. It just brings about that piece of you, that part of you, that, uh, that dreamy kind of... Uh, of, of just the beauty of the ballpark, the the the, the great memories of, of of being able to compete at the highest level, and it's just you know it's kind of just a comfort place for a lot of former players, and I still get it. I, I just absolutely love it, and you know being around this team as you have with me the last few days, something dawned on me is how many players in that clubhouse are experiencing this for the first time, and also experiencing it for the first time as Cardinals, Goldschmidt, Fowler, right. Ozuna's first ever postseason. So there were 11 players in Game 1 of the series that had their first postseason experience in that Cardinal win. 11 guys. And and so th- that's, I mean, I don't, they probably used 16 players in that game, and 11 of them were first-timers. So uh, th- what a great start for them. And, and you think about Jack Flaherty the next day. That's his first postseason experience hopefully the first of many. Uh, but there is something different about playing in postseason, the, the scrutiny, the attention, the, 
I mean, you can say pressure. Of course, there's pressure every day. Uh, but one thing I've noticed, and, you, and I know you saw it too when we were in Atlanta, it's kind of a business-as-usual feel, though, in the clubhouse. Mike Schilt and his coaches are extraordinary, and I underline that word, extraordinary, at making it kind of a day-to-day thing. And, you know, it's such a trite thing, Tom. We hear athletes all the time say, well, don't worry about yesterday, don't worry about tomorrow. But that's a fact. I mean, it's trite because it's true, and, and it's overused, but it's still the fact. And, and Mike Schilt is terrific at kind of not dwelling on losses. You, don't see, you didn't see guys on the plane, you know, you know, just kind of sulking and crying. And it, I mean, it was just kind of a fun atmosphere on the plane. And, that, yeah, they lost game two, but uh, game three right ahead. Is there, if there's anyone in that clubhouse who I think could manage from a bad outing to today, it would be Adam Wainwright. And he felt pretty bad about what happened on Saturday against the Cubs. How does he bounce back today? Well, you know, I think he's got to just rely on uh, on not just the whole career, 14 years of being good, but but really good September, too. So it's not a guy that's been lost and is, and is relying. You know, he's had that a couple times in his career, and we've seen him go through that, where he's like, you know, I'm not sure this isn't my last pitch or my last year or my last game. He's had that a few times where he started to, I'm not going to say doubt, but he wasn't sure what the future held, uh, and whether or not he could have the stuff to compete. Well, he figured that out again. I mean, he's, he's competed with uh, – he's, he's sinking his fastball a little bit more. He's, he's still pitching in with his fastball very well and actually throwing that sinker across the, the inside part, throwing it uh, to the, to the hit front hip of the left-handed batter. And his curveball, well, it's still his curveball. So he, he's just using it more. And so he's found the way to, to still compete and still win. 14 wins this year. I mean, you don't fall out of bed and do that. I mean, he's – He's uh, he's earned that, and uh, you know I, I just think mentally he's as strong as anybody that you're going to find from a pitching point of view, and he's thrown to a guy that's mentally stronger than anybody from a catcher's point of view. So between the two of them, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, lot of should be a lot of comfort today for Cardinal fans. And he will have some backup. Miles Michaelis is in the bullpen if you need him. Dakota Hudson's your game four starter, but. My gosh, it really does start with Wayno. Yeah, it starts with Wayno, and you know, the, one of the, uh, the I think the biggest issues. I woke up thinking about how good Mike Soroka is. I mean, I saw him pitch in Atlanta this year, and I thought this dude is awesome. His 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 stuff is great. He's 22 years old, but he pitches like he's you know 42 uh, in terms of the knowledge of of the game, and and the guys in Atlanta just rave about him. How just how. Uh, much he can command all of his pitches and and attack hitters and not a not a high strikeout guy necessarily but he get, he can just get outs he's got a, a lot of movement and I had fun watching him pitch frankly in Atlanta when I saw him and you know not so much fun today if he's on but but the point still is even if if Soroka's on and Wainwright's on it's going to end up being Tom just like most games in 2019 decided by bullpens and and bullpens are so critical uh, and the Cardinals bullpen has been a strength this year. Uh, and you just hope that that continues. If you get a hot bullpen in October, and you mentioned Michaelis being out there, I mean, it's basically, uh, you know, everybody's going to be ready if you need them. And uh, with the off days, it's not that you have to protect somebody. You know, you get the off days, so everybody's ready to go, including Carlos. So uh, I, I just think, you know, what happens six through nine is still going to decide it. Yeah, they have all those lefties in their lineup. Cardinals have been pretty good against them. You know, Tyler Webb uh, actually has been uh, underrated, I would say, the job that he's done. We haven't seen Henesis Cabrera, but, you know, what's wrong with throwing 98 miles an hour with a nasty curveball? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got a, a good future. He really does. And, and I'm, uh, I, I'm sure Mike Schilt would like to use him. And, and the reason they have him is because of all the lefties with Atlanta. And the reason they went with him and not, uh, and, and, and not John Gant, I would say, although I guess maybe Ponce is the guy that is in there for John Gant. But I think the, the, the neutralizing lefties part, you look at the – 
uh, Braves lineup, and there's several of them, uh, and there's several of them in a row, and they're guys that can hurt you. So uh, it's nice to have the three lefties in the bullpen. And, you know, if you get into the sixth inning of the game, even the fifth inning of the game, and you get to that run of lefties and it's a close game, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, one of those lefties early. One last thing. I, I would not mind getting into their bullpen. So how do you get Soroka out of there? What's your approach? Well, it, it, the, the approach is, you know, uh, uh, get hits. I mean, I didn't say, <laughs> didn't say it as simple as that. But the approach, obviously, is is to make him make him work. And so I think you got to get into some deep counts with him, which has been a cardinal, uh, really, a, a part of their strategy all year is to get deep counts. But Mike Schilt loves to say this, and, and he said this a lot of times in the midst of the Cardinals' downtime. Uh, he said, okay, we're getting deep counts, but we're not getting any runs. So or we're, we're, we're getting this pitch count up, but we're not doing any damage. So the idea is to do both. And I think, I think running might be part of the uh, issue. If you can get some guys on base, get some movement, uh, hit and runs, I think, uh, might be something that uh, you may have to press the envelope a little bit because he's not gonna he's not gonna give you too much right down central as far as uh, as far as his pitch selection. So uh, you know, pounce on every opportunity. I'm biased, obviously, but we have the best booth in Major League Baseball. You have Mike Shannon, mm. the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney alongside. You're in there for analysis throughout the game as well. Mike Claiborne is in the booth. Jim Jackson, what a crew that is! I bet you're having a lot of fun. Oh, I am. Go ahead and be biased. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I found that it's not a, it's not a bad thing to be biased in this game. You know, I, I, I always, people always say, well, you know, you, you, you sound like a homer. It's like, yep. <laughs> I live right down the street. Exactly. This is my. These are my guys, and uh, and and the guys that you mentioned that I work with. I'm just grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. And you know, of course, Mike has been doing this a long time, and it's just great to have him in the postseason moments uh, because he's uh, he's Mike Shannon. I love it. And we'll have that first pitch at three ten. Lots of coverage up until then. Rick Horton, have a great call, and thank you for the visit. You bet, Tom. Back in a moment. Sports on a Sunday morning, live from Bush Stadium. Continuing right after this. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Bush Stadium. Tom Ackerman with you as we get ready for Game 3 of the National League Division Series between the Cardinals and the Braves. They are even at a game apiece. And joining us in our studio just off of home plate is Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne. How are you? I am well. Recharged, ready to go. Um... Good day, nice and quiet. Looking forward to this afternoon. I am too. Won't be quiet this afternoon, will no, it? No, no. I, I think that uh, you want to strike first today. Uh, I think it's very important for the Cardinals to get on the board early um, and really kind of take the fight out of Atlanta. So, you know, maybe with the crowd, although the last check crowd couldn't get in the batter's box, you know, so you have to hope that they can help out in some other way. But it should be fun today. I tweeted out earlier this morning the Colton Wong quote from the clubhouse after game two, where he said about the crowd, he said, I'm hoping for some loud stuff. We're going to need them to help us push through some tough innings. I had one fan respond, just be up seven runs. There won't be any tough innings. Well, <laughs> that'd be one way to start the party. Well, if we can <laughs> hang crooked number like we did last Sunday, I think everybody would be happy. That's right, like uh, like the Yankees did yesterday. Like, yeah, you know, goodness. one of the things, though, you know, this offense has just been so up and down, and it's not like they're getting no hit. It's the fact that when they have runners on base, they just can't push that first one across, and that's just been a bugaboo whether it's been the double play or the strikeout, uh, there's always been something that's prevented you from having that big inning. And, and in, in postseason, you just can't afford not to have big innings because the pitching is that good. 
It really is. Soroka's good. Adam Wainwright, your thoughts on Waino going into today? I'm looking forward to it. Um, this is his time of the year. The question is, with him throwing so many breaking balls, will it be warm enough whereas he can still have a good grip and good feel? Because, you know, it starts to get cooler. Sometimes guys don't really have the feel for the breaking ball like they'd like to. So that I, I hope they rub him up really good as far as the baseballs are concerned. And uh, if he can get off early – uh, and get the low strike. You know, a lot of times umpires will not give him that low strike. Uh, if you give him the low strike, then he could be a handful. If he can locate that fastball yes, and keep you guessing, absolutely. right? What about the Cardinals' changes in the field? So Matt Carpenter at third, Tommy Edmond in right, and Dexter Fowler in center, the anticipated changes as indicated by Mike Schilt. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you give up some defense on the infield, uh, but – you know, I think you want to give Matt Carpenter a chance, okay? I mean, he's played slightly better, and you hope that maybe he can strike lightning in a bottle and come up with something big. Uh, the thing with Matt Carpenter, and, and the, the approach the other day was don't chase. Do not chase. And the Cardinals did a pretty decent job of that for a while. Uh, but I think they have to make sure that they make these guys throw strikes. So I, I like the fact that we, it's a different look. Uh, you're sacrificing a little defense for maybe a little offense, so maybe it's a wash. The Braves have such a strong lineup. Uh, do you think that the Cardinals' bullpen has been able to neutralize them enough to yeah, this point? I think they've done a really nice job at it. Uh, they haven't been touched up too much. Carlos had a little bit of a struggle in game one, but he got it settled down. Overall, everybody that Mike Schultz brought in has been able to get key outs. Now, that doesn't mean somebody won't get a hit, but I think overall the bullpen has been pretty sharp. The other series, what have been your observations? We're going to talk about them here in the next man. segment. But, man, the New York Yankees, goodness just, gracious. You know, Minnesota's got that elephant on their back. What, 15 games they've lost in postseason? But was the last win was against the Cardinals? Was it? Do we need to go back that far? <laughs> I mean, it, it's been a while. But, you know, again, I go back to the point, man, if you jump on these guys early, very few teams have that comeback ability because the pitching's so good. Um, Tampa was just outpitched. I mean, they had their chances. I mean, where they had the bases loaded in the ninth inning. So it wasn't like they were outclassed. They just got outpitched. So I, I think over in the American League, it's been fun to watch. I always liked the underdogs in, in Tampa, although Houston, in my opinion, is the best team I saw this year. So whatever they do won't be a surprise. I really haven't been paying as much attention to the Washington Dodgers series because we're normally either playing or on a bus somewhere. Right. So we haven't had a chance to watch that as much. But, you know, Washington can pitch. Now, the one thing the Dodgers can do, they can pitch too. The question is whose bullpen is going to be better because the Dodgers have had a couple of hiccups. The Nationals have had some hiccups in their bullpen. So whoever can get to the seventh inning and get some people out, then you know I think that's going to be the difference maker. Yeah, it looks like we're headed towards the Yankees-Astros American League Championship Series with both of those up 2-0, and it's wide although, open right now. Although mm -hmm. Minnesota can open up a can with the best of them. What, they hit over 300 home runs, 307, I believe. Uh, so if they get in their ballpark, who knows what can happen. But here's the, here's the thing that comes into play. We're starting to see the first hint of different weather. So how do, how do people play that? Because, you know, everybody's been in pretty warm environments. So how does Minnesota deal with the home advantage? Because a lot of those guys haven't been in that situation before. So 
a lot of things go on, but I'm going to give Minnesota a fighting chance because they're going back home and they can swing the bat. That's a great point. I'm, I'll tell you this. It's a lot nicer here than where we just were. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no, <laughs> I don't, I've been to Atlanta a lot in my life. I don't think I've ever seen it that hot at that time of the year. Uh, this was game time temperatures were like 94 degrees, yeah. and it, it's the St. Louis 94 with the humidity that comes with it. So it was uh, an interesting experience. I hope to visit Atlanta sometime next year. I'm looking <laughs> forward right. to that. I agree with you. Let's keep it right here. Appreciate the time very much. We'll hear from you on our pregame show All beginning right. at 2 o'clock. We'll have some fun today. That is Mike Claiborne. I'm Tom Ackerman. Quick break. Sports on a Sunday morning from Bush Stadium right after this. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman at Bush Stadium. Let's jump back into the press conference room. Here is today's starter, Adam Wainwright. The win the very next day made that a lot easier. That was a painful loss for me. One of the most disappointing starts of my whole career, really. Um, Just to not come through in any fashion on that day was, you know, that was painful. That hurt me. Um, But, you know, you you have to move on. And uh, luckily, Jack and the rest of the guys did the job the next day, and we are in a good spot now. So we got to take care of business at home, and and, it starts with tomorrow. Um, Beyond the fans that will be here tomorrow, acknowledging that they will be loud and proud, what are some benefits for your baseball team to play in this stadium tomorrow? We play good ball here all year, I feel like, and – crowd like you said will be rocking we know they'll, they'll they'll show up in droves and be tailgating all morning long I know I just know it you know they'll be here and waving some sort of towel or something making it cool looking we got good weather here it's not 106 out there um, that's a, unlike any other game I've ever been a part of those last two games in, in October those were the hottest games ever um, but it's good to be back home and uh, playing in front of a, an atmosphere that is very comfortable for us is home for us and and uh, we respond well here He is ready for you, Adam Wainwright, Cardinals starter today as the Cardinals take on the Braves. I'm Tom Ackerman at Bush Stadium. We have much more coming next hour. Mizzou football coach Barry Odom will lead off our coverage at 11.05, give us the latest on quarterback Kelly Bryant. That is next and lots of stuff from Bush Stadium. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.